back to the Survivor Now podcast. It's your host, Josh Berlin. Uh, Randy Bruce not available to be with us this week. He's letting me host for the second time in three weeks. You know what that means. He didn't listen two weeks ago. Appreciate all y'all being here with us on a Wednesday night. We are joined by the winner of Survivor 43, the Al Gabler himself, Mike Gabler. Thank you, Mike, so much Hello. for being here with us this evening. <laughs> hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Great to be here. Uh, as always, we are joined by Abraham from season 41. Our buddy Will is here with us as well. Guys, how are you doing tonight? Really good. You know, hey, look, when you get that Survivor alums on the same page, you don't know what information you might get out of us. We you like just never know, Abraham. We, we'll give you some tidbits on really what goes on behind the scenes, what doesn't make the edit. So, Gable, it's a pleasure seeing you here. Oh, thanks so much. A pleasure being here, really. So obviously we're going to get into tonight's episode of season 44, but when we have, I mean, any previous Survivor player on, we obviously have to talk to them, but especially when we have a former winner on the show. So Mike, before we, uh, Gabe, I should say, I'm so sorry. Before we even get into the into the episode discussion, um, you know, you won season 43 of Survivor. In, in what way, what's the biggest way your life has changed since you were announced as the winner last year? You know, it's a great question. And, you know, there's when I went on the show, I had three goals. Uh, Number one, I wanted to have have a good showing so I could make my friends and family, you know, proud and entertain them. Uh, Number two, I really wanted to kind of go deep inside me, you know, go deep into Gabler. And I got that for sure. (laughs) Uh, And then, you know, I, I wanted to win. I wanted to win. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons why I wanted to win. I know we'll talk about some of that later, but coming out of that big experience, anytime you have a big experience in your life, and I know Abraham, you can talk about this as well, but it's like, you know, it's something that it was very powerful. It was very short, right? It's only like, you know, until about six weeks, the whole adventure, then the show's about a month long, but uh, you know, there's, there's the pregame getting warmed up, getting ready to go in there and then coming back out of it. And you have this massive experience and you go deep in yourself, you learn a lot and then you come back and Everything's kind of the same, but you're different. And it took a little bit of time to kind of get acclimated to that and readjust to my new self in my old world. And it was just very positive, though, because everything that I did out there, um, I, 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 I wanted to come back and be the be the best version of myself possible and grow a lot out there and make friends. And I, I'm, I'm happy to say I made some lifelong friends on that, that beach. And I had some amazing experiences. And then, you know, we, we donated the million dollars and I probably had $10 million of goodwill come back to me in this already. And I'm just so happy and grateful to CBS and survivor and all the fans who supported me and followed me on the journey, because we're to do a lot of good stuff with that money. And, you know, survivors, the gift that just keeps on giving. And, and, you know, so it's been a, it's been a whirlwind uh, to say the least. Well, well, Gabler, man, from a veteran of the United States Air Force, um, watching your season and watching the compassion and just the determination that you use for veterans, you know, you had, you called on in one challenge, them by name (laughs) and to have that, to have that there and to remember that and to be out there on the Island playing and competing but just to remember, just to carry them out there with you, man, I really appreciate it. Uh, being a veteran, I said, and, and going over to the VA and seeing other veterans and just to be that giving 
uh, of people that you may or may not know or you may or may not know how you impact. Um, getting a chance to play a game that you really wanted because we all volunteer to come out there and play, but we don't volunteer to say what we're going to do with the money if we win. And sure. you stuck to your word and you've been out there to make other people's lives better because we've seen what veterans can look like when they don't get the proper help. Absolutely. And, and, and well, well said, Abraham, you know, I, I come from a military family. I never had the honor of serving, but to have the honor of serving those who served us was very important to me. You know, my, 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 my father served my uncles, uh, my friends in high school. Um, and, you know, to, to be able to pay it forward and, and help them and even people I don't know, right? Just just veterans in general who have, have put their, their lives on hold or on the line or even given all and to be able to help them um, come all the way home. I think we were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, veterans come home sometimes and similar to what I was saying about my little experience, right? Where it was, you know, this it was profound, small experience. So I come back and it's like, the world is the same. I'm different. Well, imagine going on, you know, a tour of Afghanistan or or wherever veterans have been and coming back home and everybody's like, great, good to see you again, Abraham. And you're like, whoa, a lot has happened. A lot, I've been yeah. through a lot. And I think to be able to help facilitate that homecoming and to get people a little closer to home and, and get them over the hump is just such a blessing. And I'm, I'm so grateful to have been in that position and to have done some good things with that money. And We've, we've already started giving out the donations. We've given out about half the money so far. And we're it's just been incredible. It's been absolutely now, incredible. We're, we help a lot of people. Now, not only, Gable, listen, you also helped one of your castmates and a charitable yes, I contribution. I had, a I had a chance to meet her. Great young lady. Uh, tell us a little bit about that one, because that's one everybody mm -hmm. might not heard about. Okay, yes. It, it, that's that's re relatively recent, and it's, it's not very well known. So at the at, coming back from the show, you know, we, we were sworn to secrecy, but I knew I had won. And I was looking into either starting a foundation or a fund with the million dollars. And there are so many great foundations out there and, and they take a lot of effort to run them. Um, I, you know, I, I called up my friend, Noel, and Noel has the born to run foundation and uh, you know, I was just asking her questions about it, honestly. And she was like, well, you know, for example, so having a foundation, people can donate to it, like the Born to Run Foundation, and we're a fund. It's just me giving money away. So I looked into it and was talking to her. And she said, for example, there was this, this little boy from Africa, and he was born without legs. And he's about five years old. And, you know, he needs bioprosthetic legs, but he can't afford them. And her foundation supports that and i so i asked her well how much is it would be a pair of legs for him and she said it's about ten thousand dollars and i said well how about for you know get him some badass blades like the one you're running around on <laughs> and she goes buy another ten thousand so obviously you know and then she, then she showed me a picture of the young man it's just i get emotional thinking about it but um we're like okay we're taking care of him immediately and you know here's more money to go with it to your foundation as well so we donated that to to Noel, um, and Noel is such a great leader, such a great example for everyone. And he's part of Team USA Paralympics. And I just was, you know, for I don't need to do everything. If if I if there's leaders around me like Noel and somebody that's that 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 passionate and 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 doing such good in the world, if I can help her 
and season 43 can help her do what she does best, then we all got behind her. And that was an easy decision to donate some of the money to the Born to Run Foundation. Nice. Okay, but how long had you been watching Survivor? How long have you been applying for Survivor? And for how long had you known if I get on and win, I'm going to be giving all the money away? Okay, the the, the first question is, I, I've been watching since the beginning. So, the you know, since it was a brand new, hey, this is a weird new show coming out. Check this out. And I loved it from the beginning because it was very interesting. You know, the characters, the experience, the hardships. And, you know, and Jeff Probst does such a great job. And I just loved it. So I've been a huge fan the whole time. Now, I told my wife and kids because we watch it together all the time. In fact, we just watched it this evening. And, um, you know, before I'm 50, I was going to apply for Survivor. So I thought 49 and 10 months. My wife's like, well, it's getting a little late here. If you're going to do it, it's time. So I got up early the next day, went on a little walk around the property, had my GoPro, my iPhone, and I... Uh, put together uh, with some help from a friend, a, a, a audition video mm. and I sent it in and lo and behold, they called me. So anybody listening to this podcast, if you are interested in getting on survivor, I really encourage you to go for it. You know, life is short, life is now, and you got to yeah. live it. And, you know, if, if, the, if at the very least, you know, I was thinking I'll put together this fun video for friends and family, we'll have, we'll have some laughs about it. It'll be kind of a crazy video. And if you Google Gabler Survivor, my audition video pops up. Mm -hmm. But I, that's what I was doing it for. And all of a sudden, you know, I kept getting this 310 number. that was calling me. You know, you always <laughs> get these spam calls. And I'm like, whatever, whatever. And I work at the hospital. I get a lot of phone calls. I'm like, so I'm kind of like, whatever. So finally, I, I go to listen to this voicemail. And it's like, Gabler, it's Survivor. Call us back. And first thing I thought of, <laughs> and Abraham was smiling, I'm like, which one of my buddies is messing with me? <laughs> I'm like, like, who's messing with me, dude? Because this is like not funny. It's funny. It's not funny. And then, and then I'm like, I don't recognize the voice. It was a lady's voice, and it was Deanna Vaughn, and uh, she's one of the casting uh, producers. And and sure enough, that was it. So I applied one time. They liked what they saw, and they called me back. And and that part is history. Hey, Gabe, so I applied when they first came out with the show with a VHS tape. So we're about the same. We're about the same. That's awesome. And VHS tape. That's you know what? If I ever do it again, I'll have to use a VHS tape because that's just classic. <laughs> yeah, but I do have a great oh, uh, going back to what Josh was asking earlier, though, like while you were watching Survivor from the beginning, obviously you're like, Oh, if I was on the show, I'd do this. How long would you or at what point did you go like, hey, if I win Survivor, I want to donate all the money, help out veterans? Was that like since season one, like as soon as I go on and win, this is what I'm going to do? Or was it more like over time, you know, you go through life, you learn more things and then want to help then? Or was it just from the word go? You know, you know, Will, the way we decided that was once Survivor called me up and and, and offered me the slot to be on the show. Um, I was with my wife and a, a good buddy, a roommate from college. He was a veteran. And, you know, of course, we were laughing. We're like, okay, you, you're going to get eliminated in the first couple of days, but just assume you make it to the merge and you get even further along. You know, what what would you do if you won the money? And, you know, we were we joked around a little bit about a couple of things. And then finally, we, we said, you know, what if we did something good with the money? Like, really powerful. Let's mm -hmm. make history and do something mm -hmm. good. And it didn't take long for us to arrive at the veteran idea. And as soon as we did, 
It just was like a key in a door. It just, it just, it just fit. A key and in a birdcage. Key in a birdcage, so to speak. <laughs> right. Good one. And it, it was great because when I got back from the island in June, you know, I'm like 30 pounds light, super skinny. And my wife gives me a big hug and you know, we had a few tears shed. And, and I'm like, she's like, you obviously went far. And I was like, darling, I won. And she's like, oh my gosh. And I go, and I hope you're also okay with what we talked about. Cause I did that too. <laughs> so we gave the oh, money. Yeah. We, we had decided ahead of time that we were going to do that. It has, it wasn't something that had been like 20 years in the making. It was more mm-hmm. like about, you know, six months in the making, but we, you know, whenever you, whenever, whenever I do something in my life, I like to do a lot of positive imagery. I like to mm-hmm. project like what I'm going to do. And I like projecting like, well, what if I win? Because mm-hmm. I wanted that to be a real possibility in my head. And as soon as I said, you know, what, you know, started thinking about the win and then what to do with the win. That gave me a lot of power in the game because I didn't share that with anybody until after the judgment was rendered and I had won the jury after, after the jury vote. And during the game, when it was, you know, cold nights and it's raining or we're really hungry or, you know, I'm, I'm suffering through some challenge. I did think about the veterans that, that came before me for, you know, our entire history and all they went through. And I was thinking about specific veterans and heroes that I knew. And, you know, that one grip challenge that Abraham was talking about, it's like, you know, it was the, the, the record for survivor was 25 minutes and, you know, about five minutes in, you know, your arms are burning, your, 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 your hands, you just don't know if you can hang on. And if it was Mike Gabler doing it for Mike Gabler, maybe I would not have been able to, but uh, Jeff r- reached out and was like, Gabler, what are you thinking about? And I, and I, and I was like, I'm thinking about, you know, the servicemen and women that, that serve our country. Uh, we do this voluntarily that they do it, you know, to, to, to protect us. And I got super strong. I mean, I got like my, my, my endorphins just started going every time I would think about a veteran or a heroic moment or something. I got superhuman strength and, even Cody, who's a beast, right? Cody is a total beast. Um, me and him broke the record together at 25 minutes. And 20 minutes later, we were both still hanging on. I think he looked over at me because I was holding on with one hand. And he, he could just tell. I was getting stronger as the game was going. And, you know, finally uh, he let go and we won. But I think that was part of my inspiration was, you know, anytime you can do something – not for yourself, but for something bigger than yourself, you, you can hold on longer. You can run faster, whatever it is you need to do, you can do it. And that, that's really what I started channeling. And once I got into that that mindset, I was pretty much unbeatable in that challenge. So Gabler, as you mentioned, you you said you've given away about half the money. According to your Twitter, you said the first donation was to veterans exploring treatment solutions. A second donation to the special operations warrior foundation, which helps families of uh, injured and and fallen uh, soldiers. Obviously, there's a there's a clear aim, and as you said, it's getting the, the soldiers home and supporting those who have been wounded. If you wouldn't mind just talking me through the process of how you find these foundations, do you have a, a committee that helps you, and sort of how do you determine who to talk to? And then I'd also love to know what that moment is like, that phone call when you say, "Hey, I'm giving you six <laughs> figures worth of money." Yes, uh, that that is a it's great. 
So I mentioned before, I've got a bunch of buddies that went, went to high school with that are were in the military, special forces, a lot of them. I have a disproportionate amount of Navy SEAL friends and, um, and then you know, uncles, father. And then through Survivor, I got to be, well, talking to those folks, I put together a list of charities. And remember, I had about six months to think about this before the December 14th uh, finale. And so I got to kind of do this quietly and look around at, at different foundations. And what I did was I vetted them with veterans that I knew. And one of the veterans that I, I happened to, to, to meet and become friends with is Marcus Luttrell, the, the, the lone survivor. And I got to be a couple months back, I was able to be the, to introduce him for a talk he was giving. So the sole survivor got to introduce the lone survivor. Lone survivor. And it was amazing. And, you know, Marcus and I were talking and Veterans Support Treatment Solutions was one of the foundations that helped him. Because obviously, if you've seen the movie Lone Survivor or read his book, um, he went through a lot and, you know, came back, had a lot of things to deal with and just just couldn't leave the battlefield, could not leave the battlefield. And this this organization really helped him and his family and that was a powerful, you know, he's a hero, not just to me, but to everybody. And, you know, the fact that he was able to, you know, this was an organization that helped him. I was definitely going to support that organization. And then I got to talk to uh, Amber and and Marcus Capone. They're, they're, he's all, Marcus Capone was a Navy SEAL as well. And he, he was, this was, he was like right, you know, he was at a crossroads, had tried everything from the VA, et cetera. And this was the the process that helped him. And that was the the basis of their foundation. So they're helping a lot of folks. And they're not, you know, it's not just, um, you know, the military is certainly their emphasis, but, you know, trauma is trauma. And you don't have to be uh, on a battlefield to have the worst day of your life, right? I mean, so there's things that that they're finding through their, their, um, their treatments and things that are really helping a lot of people with trauma to be able to talk about them and to be able to process things. And to come all the way home, like we were talking about earlier. Now, hey, Gabler, now leading leading up to the game of Survivor, me and, me and you probably got some of the same Survivor history. We looked at the the originals, and they played a different game. Yeah. So when I got the call, the first thing I did was I put Survivor in the Survivor lab. And I dissected every episode, every game for months same. before I left. How did you approach the game coming in when you had an opportunity to see us play and see the changes? So I did, you know, I went back, I watched, rewatched every episode of Survivor from the beginning, <laughs> every one of them. And I, I had a notepad out and anytime somebody would say something that I thought was profound, I would write it down. Anytime somebody made a mistake, I would write it down. Anytime there was something, you know, like a, like a Sandra would have a rule, you know, I'm like, ah, that's, I'm writing that one down. Mm. So I wrote down, you know, 30 pages of notes and then I, I organized them into a couple outlines. I read, I've read a, at least a dozen books, um, everything from the Prince by Machiavelli to Chris Voss's, uh, uh, he, he was an FBI negotiator. Uh, his book, um, I think it was a nego negotiation book, but um, 
I've read lots of books. I took master classes. There's a there's a thing called master class where you can you can go on there and you can learn about negotiation tactics. And what I did is I formulated everything they did. Most of their tactics were all for business or even hostage negotiation or whatever. And I took every scenario and turned it into survivor. So I had different communication techniques. I'm a relationship guy. I and I just was I, I knew going in that. If I could get past the beginning, if I could get to the middle, I would get to the end. And if I got to the end, I would win. And that was my philosophy, you know, baby step your way in. And a lot of times also being older, um, a lot of older players will make mistakes. You know, they'll they'll come in, you know, you've got a life's worth of knowledge. I'm an outdoors guy. And, you know, coming in sometimes and and, and telling people how to do things can be a little clumsy so what i was my daughters i've got two 16 16 and 19 year old daughters and they they helped coach me to be the happy helper <laughs> so that i'm not going to be the bull in a china shop i'm going to be the happy helper i'm going to be helper. whatever anybody needs me to do i'm i'm helping around camp i'm doing all this other stuff putting palm fronds on people when they're sleeping um whatever so it was just it was my strategy like yours abraham it was not just oh i got the call Yay, I'm going to Survivor. I took it real serious like a boss. And I've studied day and night uh, for the from, from the phone call to getting on the island. So let's, let's, let's give him a look because I want Will to have a question next. But I want to let's give let's give him a little bit behind the scenes. So, yeah, we had to do two weeks in quarantine. So y'all did not have to do the two weeks in quarantine. Um, when you first arrived on the island, what are you about? Six, two? Six one, yes, sir. Six one. Six, How'd you like that tent? Oh my gosh. <laughs> gosh. Man, I tell you, this is what nobody knows about Survivor, right? This is the stuff. So we had to quarantine for three days in LA and we flew to Fiji and we drove in the bus. We got through our, you know, the, the customs, took the bus to Anchorage Resort. And I'm like, oh, Anchorage, that's a good sign. Cause I work in Alaska. And I'm like, oh, that's Anchorage, that's great. It's a good sign for me, good karma. And we're walking through the resort, and I'm like, it's pretty nice. It looks really good. It looks good. And we keep walking through the resort. You know, it's 100 degrees outside, and you're, you know, you're like, okay, it's hot. You're carrying your backpack on you, and you walk through there, and then you go through the whole resort, and you find this this like trail. This is switchback going up, and I'm like, okay, so we we climb all the way up the switchback, and we're sweating like crazy, and you get to the top of this bald mountain. And this clearing area where like a helicopter could land pretty much. And there's like steam pouring out of the jungle. And there's like cloud of mosquitoes biting you in the face. And there's 20 orange tents lined up, two-man tents. And if you think it's hot outside, would you unzip your tent? And then it's even hotter in there. And you're going to put all your stuff in there and try to get the bugs in. And then you got to get all the way back down the switch, switch back and sit at your table. And we were all we were basically quarantined as well. We were six feet apart and you just sit there. And it was so boring because you just sit there for hours all day. And every once in a while they call your name and they're like, MG. And you're like, thank goodness. So I jump up and I'd run around the corner and they'd have us do things like, you know, be sure we could swim or they would have you like as tall, like reach up as high as you can, as wide as you can. And they would measure you to try to see, you know, like because some of the contraptions they build to spec. So if you're a big guy, like, like Abraham or a little person yeah, like Janine, you know, that they would, they would, so it's all fair, but man, those tents were small. They were hot. And 
I couldn't, I, we were there for a week and I just, I was like, am I going to make it to the, in fact, there were 20 of us that arrived and 18 made the game. And there was one kid, I said kid, he was probably 30, but he passed out a couple times because it's that hot. You're sitting in those green tents, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, 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 the day we had to, uh, do promo stuff. Oh, that's Tim. Yes, yes, yes. Promo so the, the promo day, he passed out a couple of times, and that was it. So they yanked him, and Geo, Geo was one of the alternates, and he got into the – that's how he got on the season. Really? For real. So Geo was an alternate going there, hoping to get on the show, and this other guy that I thought was – you know, he, I mean, he, he, he maybe was just very dehydrated, bad luck. I don't know. I mean, he was probably a great person, but it's like it was really sad because – you know, he was he looked like he was in line and then he got out and then Gio was in there and Gio played a great game too. He certainly contributed to season 43. Gio was was he a did. was one of the big characters. Oh, yeah. He's a little guy, but he's a big character. Gio lives. So I know when you're when you're sitting at, you know, you can't interact with each other, right? But you can gauge each other, you can see people's reactions and how like you said, you jump up. Who who would you from your early before you got to know them reactions? Who were you dead on about? Were you like, oh, I got I know exactly what that person's like, and you were right. And who were you totally wrong about? Dead on about Cody because Cody is Cody, and Cody cannot hide who Cody is because Cody is Cody, and he just looked like a really cool surfer guy with good energy, mm. and you know I, I I thought he was so I was pretty accurate with him, but. The one that surprised me probably the most was Carla. Um, I yeah. Carla looked to me, she was quiet, kept to herself, and just non-verbally, she had some cool tattoos, and I've, I've got a lot of tattoos, so, you know, and I was, you know, looking around, and she wouldn't give you much eye contact. She wouldn't give much away, which later we found out in the game, because she's such a great player, <laughs> um, and she's super smart. She was cagey, but I was like, huh, she seems quiet. She seems like, I don't know if she's going to be a bigger, big player in this game. And turned out she was a boss. She was a total boss. And <laughs> yeah. But me, myself, you know, again, non-verbally before the game even starts, because you're not allowed to talk to anybody. They actually have handlers everywhere and they'll disqualify you if you talk to somebody. So we were all, you know, very vigilant not to do anything. We all, we all had to wear masks, even though it was a hundred degrees in Fiji, we had to wear those ridiculous masks and stuff. And, you know, cause we were still in the COVID era, but I was mindful of my own presence. And, you know, my resting face isn't always the friendly face that you see now. You know, sometimes <laughs> I kind of just, you know, I'm sitting here like this. I got a long beard. I shaved my head for the show. I've got a lot of tattoos. I'm a bigger guy. So not, I don't want to look like an intimidating person. So I wore tie-dye every day because what's friendlier than, than tie-dye? Nothing. So I was kind of being like Rupert a little bit, kind of being a little Rupert-ish uh, so that the people that were eyeballing me were like, oh, he's probably just old hippie guy. He's a cool guy. So that's kind of was I was putting that nonverbal vibe out there to the group uh, and while, while I was assessing them. And also Cass, Cass uh, on in the pregame, Cassidy was wearing this shark shirt on day one. So the next day, I had a tie-dye shark shirt, and I wore it. So it wasn't like we didn't talk, but I know she saw it. And I know we kind of – we didn't click or it was something like that. It was just like – I'm just like mirroring. You know, I'm like, well, she's a shark person. I'm a shark person. 
look at this. So we're just kind of doing, I mean, we're everybody on, on my, on season 43, we're huge survivor fans. So we all, I didn't know that until we got in the game, but we were all savvy enough because we all loved the show. Everybody had done some kind of homework and came in prepared. Oh yeah. Uh, I actually have a question, and Abe, you can also answer this. Would you say that the game started before the game normally starts in that pregame where no one's allowed to speak, but people do kind of like size each other up? Like, how much of that time impacts the game? Because I know you say you have these preconceived notions about like, you know, Carla, and then they were shattered, but you thought Cody was Cody, right? Like, how much of the pregame thoughts manifest itself into? how survivor was played if you at know, all it's it's i would i would say less than one percent you know we we did see each other but that's it and you know because mm-hmm. they were they were very vigilant that we were because you know if they don't film it it doesn't happen and they were oh, yeah. hell bent on making sure that the first interactions were on that beach and we weren't even broken up into tribes yet and if we had come so far we're so lucky to be in that position nobody wanted to mess it up so everybody Nobody did anything. I mean, we would be in the chow line and sometimes, you know, you, you just would be like, you know, you, you literally wouldn't, talk, you'd be elbow to elbow almost with everybody and you wouldn't say anything because you didn't want any of the handlers to see you talking because, you know, nobody, as far as I know, got in any trouble for that because we were all very, you know, scared straight, if you will, by, you know, when we first got out there not to talk to anybody and we didn't. But, but, you know, we're all humans, right? So we we kind of look around and you're kind of just seeing like is who – like just say the four of us walked onto the beach. You're like, okay, you know, you know, who is everybody? You know, Abe and I are about the same age. So I'm like, that's probably a – you know, maybe we'll have a connection. You know, Josh, you know, you, you, he's got that island in the background. You know, Will, younger guy, maybe really good at challenges, puzzles. I don't know. So you just start thinking about things. But even though it's not – you don't know if you're right or not until you're on the island. So – the long answer is, or the short answer to that long explanation is, you know, very little. We just were kind of, I was just trying to show myself as a friendly, open person to anybody that was looking my way. Cause you know, before they're putting me into a box, like I don't want big Viking guy. I don't know if he's going to be with us or what. I was just like, you know, I just was like, you know, even though I had a mask on, I'm like happy eyes. I'm smiling. So that people are like, Oh, it's cool. I'm Hide eye shirt. Well, we had Ripper I mean, two. We Ripper had different experiences. He was going to watching um, uh, uh, Project Runway or whatever with the smizing, right? Yes, yes, yes. So exactly, we, exactly. So, so Will, tell me we, your experience, Abraham. So we had two different experiences because the pandemic put us there for a longer amount of time. So Gabe was right. Once you get on the island, once because we it was steps. You fly from L.A. You together for we were together for three days, and you kind of caught some people in the hallway going to do the final physical stuff that we have to go do. And, but you're, once you realize somebody's on the show, you start sizing them up. Like oh, that person's tall, like um, Ricard, which Ricard's right here. I thought Ricard was a rocker. I thought he was a part of a band. He had tattoos on. Totally. It, you're going to start doing that as soon as you realize your cast is who it is. Cause we didn't see the whole cast until we got to the airport. And they make us all sit in the same area, even though we had masks on. You yep. started sizing them up, but once you get into the process, like he, like Gabler said, you so afraid they got you on the fear tactic. If I mess this up, they're gonna kick me off the show. 
And the only time we broke that is when we did a promotion day and we were on the beach by ourselves and yes. we were walking. <laughs> Look at a rebel. We was walking in a bunch of trash and we were like, this is killing us, y'all. We stepping in trash and the tents were so hot. So there are times oh, you can get so it hot. in. So hot. Talk about the tents. They're <sighs> so hot. They're not for us. This is the it, first time I've heard about these tents. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a there's a day you do promo. And that's where you see all the stuff and the pictures and stuff like that. We look happy. The tents are, are dark green and they just they didn't have a fan in them. It was just hot. And it's it's you you're working with it production. was so hot. It's so hot because there was a series of tents, and you know, you you go you get to get mic'd up. Oh yeah. They, they, they work, <laughs> wardrobe comes in to check you to be sure your buff is the right way or whatever it's doing. And you know, so there is, uh, especially the, the pregame when you're getting ready, and you, those tents, if it was 100 degrees outside, the tents were 120 degrees. So the dude that passed out, let's just say it, it was not because he was not a tough guy. The dude was tough. It's just it was really hard out there, and it was so hot. I don't think he was drinking enough water. It's just, you know, that'll wow. happen to you. So now drinking water requires that you got to relieve yourself. Here's the funny part of being out there. So they was like, hey, I said, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. And it was me, another male, and a female. And the handler was like, okay, come with me. So we're walking down the path. I was like, oh, they got porta potties or something out here. No. <laughs> You're in the woods. No. You're in the nope. woods. <laughs> You're nope. in Survivor. You're in Survivor. To be fair, I mean, if you if you need a porta potty, maybe you shouldn't be on Survivor, yeah. right? That. But I know, it's true, I, I know, but, but you know, had them. I know they had to have them. You, you know, when, when you get to the island, you know, that's one of the questions a lot of people ask is like, well, where did you go to the bathroom? Do they have porta potties or something? I'm like, nope, they did not. And I don't know about you, but we, we went in the ocean. That was our thing. We oh, would just t go. T2? T2? T t ten two, baby. <laughs> ten two. So there's only two times that they will not film you is basically if you're going to the bathroom, ten one, which we go in the bushes, or ten two, you'd go swim out in the ocean. Yeah. And, you know, the first time or two is a little weird. But it, it was – you weren't eating a lot of food, so, you, you know, you weren't going that often. But it was like you, you had to figure out the tides. And, you know, it's really funny because you're you're sitting here talking to basically strangers that you've talked to for – like you've known for maybe 24 hours. And you're like – because you just got out of the real world. Now you're in the island. And you ate before you left. So, you know, body cycle. you got to do your business. And you're like, okay, well, this is happening now. So what do we do? And – they're like, okay, well, you can swim out in the ocean, and I mean, you could dig a hole and do whatever you wanted to do. Yeah. We didn't do it; we just swam out in the ocean. And it's like we were like, I remember talking to like Ellie and Janine. We we're like, where do you go? I'm like, so we walked around a little bit on the beach. We're like, I think this is a good cove over here. But the tide changes and all this other stuff. And I remember one time I was out there, and I took my drawers off, put them on a rock, <laughs> and I swim out there, and the tide's coming in. And this big wave came in and took my drawers off the rock. They were gone, gone. And I'm swimming like, like day one or two, and I'm like, oh my god! If I if I don't have any, I mean, I'm not going to be Richard Hatch again. Okay, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so I, I was lucky enough to have found them in the surf. I climbed back up on a rock, and I'm like, oh my god! I hope they're not filming this right now. But but luckily it wasn't. So but it was like. That's a, such a wake-up call on every aspect of your life. That's what was so, uh, I guess, so powerful about the experience is there's so much that you had to to figure out. And, like, I'm an outdoors guy. I go camping and hiking and hunting all the time. 
And but I have great gear. I've got you know oh, yeah. great oh, yeah. gear. I've got a little sterno stuff. I got all my all my stuff. Jet boil. I got all my stuff. I need to do out there. You've got your your clothes and your people and nothing else. And it's really wild because you know it's like it's getting dark and like two. You know I'm like looking out. It's like it's getting dark. We need to start figuring out where we're gonna sleep tonight. And it was really fun. I mean that was that was the fun part. That's why we bonded so tight. Hey, that, now that's, as you're watching. Sorry, Abraham. That, well, you know, it's funny because, you know, when we when we started talking about the for the listeners, this is the behind the scene tidbits of what we do when we're not being filmed or something, which is really cool to talk about. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead, Josh. We will get we'll get on a tangent and we got to cover, yeah, 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 yeah. cover tonight. Oh, the show. Yeah, I just say, time. like, let's, you know, we are here to talk about Survivor season 44. But so as one last transition into that, Gabler, now that you're watching a season post you being on Survivor. How are you analyzing the game or how is your watching experience different now that you know what's going on? Oh, it, it's it's definitely different, you know, because now I'm looking at it as, you know, someone that's been on that beach. I can tell when they're getting hungry. I can see some of the, you know, I'm looking at the people a lot more closely as a former player because, you know, there's tells. Like tonight, I was looking at Carolyn. I was looking at, at, at Yam Yam. I was looking at you know, you know, Sarah and Josh, and, and I was trying to figure it out. And there's little tells that people have. I could, I got the feeling, you know, I wasn't sure because you never know. And the producers do such a magnificent job of keeping the audience kind of guessing. But I was like, I think, I think that Carolyn's moving away from Yam Yam on this one. And I think she's going to make that move with Josh. And I was just reading her. I was looking at her, her, her face, her, her nonverbal behavior and even the stuff that was said, then Yam Yam, I think he was, I think he truly was, I don't know if he was, it was a Freudian slip that he said when he said her um, or whether, you know, whether he was trying to be funny, but either way it, it either spooked her or it reconfirmed what she was already thinking and pushed her that direction. And I got to tell you, I think it was the right move for her to make. I think, oh, yeah. It was a smart move because she was the bottom of the three with Sarah and Yam Yam. And for her to make that move, she's really impressed me. I think Carolyn Weiger has really impressed me. You know, she's this free spirit, but she's really smart. She's she's her instincts are good. And I think she's, you know, by being an older Carolyn versus maybe, you know, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I think she knows herself pretty well. And that was evident tonight when she was making that decision because she was saying it in her confessional, you know, do I do I do this and stay with with Sarah and Yam Yam or or do I trust my gut and go this way? And, you know, we're on the couch. Going, trust your gut. Trust your gut. It's the right. <laughs> of the, the show. And she did the right thing. And I mean, that's somebody to watch. That's somebody that in this season, if she gets deep enough. People like her. She is cagey enough. I mean, she she got the the the, the two sticks and put them up on the bird cage on her own. She put them somewhere else. I mean, it went home with Sarah. It was, Sarah had the fake idol and went home. But it was one of those things where that took a lot of chess maneuvering. She's playing some some five dimensional chess. Uh, to quote James, because James loves playing chess. That's from our, from our season. But she's she's impressing me. She's doing a good job. So just to take a step back, you know, for people, 
to me if you've watched watching or listening to this podcast you did watch tonight's episode but uh soka wins both the reward and the immunity challenge after the reward challenge each tribe has to send one player off to uh, decision island we have a tribe swap of sorts with uh one player tribe swap. abe's already shaking his head uh that obviously resulted in josh changing tribes uh in jamie tra- changing tribes and carson changing tribes uh and that leads to this very interesting situation that we get to to the vote out so abraham i'm curious your thoughts on this tribe swap where each player you know each tribe only gets one new player who has an idol that nobody knows about well one thing i like to you know and gable can attest to this is that the game is steadily evolving so if you're picked to be on one of the future season expect for there to be twists and turns that wasn't in the previous seasons and yeah. i i like that aspect of it i like that it's growing now when they did that particular twist, the first thing that came to mind was the hourglass because it was an yeah. unu- it was unusual. What I do like about it is that they gave them immunity because you basically are going to vote somebody out. Same. For what reason? You, you didn't give Same. them a chance. Exactly right. And I thought that was a, a, a good one. Uh, it, the immunity only lasts until the three come together again. So it's basically to allow them to establish themselves in this new tribe. Because otherwise you're the odd man out, odd man or woman out coming in and you're, you're kind of dead man walking. So I like that they, they switched them and they gave them something. And to Josh's credit, he was smart enough to, to play it, trust his gut. He kind of, you know, he talked to Sarah and yam yam. I don't know that he bought their story. And then he talked to Carolyn and going back to Carolyn again, I think she's so genuine that and we don't know all the edit, right? There's probably more conversations that had were had yeah, that we didn't get to see, but she probably had a very frank discussion with him about, Hey, I know. Cause he offered to play his idol for her, for her. And she probably said, look, play it for yourself. And I will vote with you for Sarah. And Sarah, I thought was going to go. She was one of the people I thought was going to go to the end. I really thought she was kind of like the silent assassin that she was going to be going in there. She's a very smart player, but she got outplayed by uh, by those two tonight. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she was, Sarah was on the bottom. Josh is the only thing that she did have a saving grace. Was yeah. Josh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gabler, what are your thoughts on the on the fake idols given by production? Oh God, um, it's 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 a lot to keep up with. Um, you know, I I think it's interesting. I I I, I guess I'm not gonna fully commit one way or the other right now because i want to see how it plays out right now it looks like it's i mean is it complexity for complexity's sake or is it something that is we're going to see some fireworks in a few weeks that is going to really be like wow that was cool i don't know so i think the jury's still out on whether there it's a great idea or not um I, i think that sometimes you know I think I like to see a lot more of the game play among the the players themselves, the castaways, um, without as many, you know, of the the gimmicks. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes they're very powerful and they're very effective. But we'll see. Jeff mm-hmm. and those guys are amazing at putting this game together. So I'm going to trust in them and say that I'm going to give it till we'll see what the season says. And if we talk again in you know five or six weeks. If, if if we're like, oh, that works. Just a, yeah, but if we get a headache from it, it doesn't work. But it could be, it could be good. But, uh, you know, it's kind of a, 
gosh, if you think you have an idol and you're playing like you have an idol, boy, that can be dangerous. It can be oh, dangerous. And, and Sarah would have played in her idol. But you know what? I liked it. I like the birdcage. Yes. I love the birdcage. I, I like the fact that you had an opportunity to set somebody up with a fake idol, but come mm -hmm. merge, it's going to be a lot of fake idols being played and a lot of people that was <laughs> going to be safe are going to be voted out. Yeah. It, yes. I, and a lot of people that are going to be, that, that, that have real idols are going to think that they may have a fake one if they've gotten it by other ways. Now, obviously like Matthew and people, they know how yeah. it's gone, but you know, they know, they know they've got the real one versus the other ones, but it's going to be very interesting because some people that have found the fake ones are going to think that they have the real ones and people don't know mm -hmm. if they've got the real ones. So it's going to be um, pandemonium. It, it could be a stroke of genius. It could be a very great way to play this. Um, and it could just be complexity for the sake of it. And I think we'll have to, we're, we're just going to have to as fans sit back and wait. Well, I think the... Gabler to your second point, sorry. And then we'll, you can feel free to take over, but I just think Gabler to your second point, of if people are not going to know if the idols are fake or real. I think that's going to really propagate itself in future seasons. If you go out now and you get cast on season 45, 46, 47, if you're on one of those seasons and you find an idol and now you don't know if it's real or if it's fake, and then how is that going to change how you play it? My guess is it's going to make people more aggressive with their idols because if they're going to say like, well, I've got this, it's either real or fake, so I might as well figure it out sooner rather than later because either somebody's playing me or I've got a real idol. And if I play the real idol, then it'll just get rehidden. Yeah. Um, I will say, too, uh, I don't know if you know this, Gabler, but something that we've pointed out before is that all the fake idols are similar to other real idols, right? So yeah. the Soka fake idol is the same as the real Tika idol. And the Tika, it, you know, so I just love the messy gameplay that it's going to cause um, because okay. it. It might be the, the genius thing that we have a lot of laughs and, and, and like mm -hmm. uh, wow moments on the couch watching it. Um, and it, it very well, it probably will. I bet you it will. Um, but we'll see right about. now. It just seems, you know, cause the only problem is like for season, say the people that are gonna be filming in a couple of months here, right. you know, if 45. you find an idol, instead of being like, Oh my God, I found an idol. You'll be like, well, I got I got something that says it's an idol. I don't know if this is a real idol or not. So I mean, I don't know how it'll it'll change the future game. It may not be as this one may be a good season with it, but I don't know that in the future because if you find something you don't know if you have it, and then maybe you're maybe you, it could almost have the opposite effect where you don't want to play it. It's almost like a a a, a 50 50 shot in the dark. You know, you're you're which <laughs> by the way is right <laughs> right here. Oh man! Oh. Wait a minute. How did y'all get y'all shot in the dark? And they oh, took buddy, hours? I got I got my flint from the from the show. I, I put it in my pocket right away, man. Man, they hounded me until I, I was off the island, and it was in my bag, and they hounded me for it. <laughs> there, there's only one person from season forty-one that I know of that got that shot in the dark. One person got really? mine. I brought mine back, and it's uh, it's right there. Um, I found it in my pocket when I got back, and I was like. Wow, that was cool. Because, you know, I, I think part of it was because I was the last one off the island, um, me, me, Cass, and Owen were the last three to leave. And we left on a Saturday night and got back to Ponderosa about midnight. You got to, you got, you get whatever you want. Because whenever you leave the island, yeah. the island, either being voted out or you win, they hand a menu to you. You had to do a quick med check and then you can order whatever you want off the, off the menu. I mean, if you want to order, 
a grilled cheese, spaghetti and meatballs, and Thai chicken noodles. It'll all be, they'll be there for you. Now your stomach's that big. So when I got off the island, I ordered a, I want to hear what you guys, what you ordered, but I, I ordered a bacon cheeseburger, fries, and a double Jack Daniels and Coke. <laughs> so I ordered a burger, fries, chicken wings, and I told him to make me a special drink. I should have stayed away from the special drink. What was it? <laughs> it was, was it, it, it had, it had, it was blue and it had uh, alcohol in it. So oh. people don't realize you're there for so long with no food and no alcohol. When you actually ingest alcohol, let's just say the, the floor, it was spinning in that night. Uh, but oh, hey, yeah. Gabe, what was uncomfortable was sleeping in a bed. It was weird. It was weird. Yeah. I, I got, I remember I, I got to my hotel room at the, the last night. I remember I got back, I ate, I got half my burger because it's all I could get in my stomach and drank my Jack Daniels. And I'm like, I will be right back because I'm going to go take a shower, brush my teeth. Because remember, you don't, you don't brush your teeth for a month. I mean, think about how this, how gross that is. And I mean, you know, at night you go to bed, sleep on the beach and you, you pull, I had a little hoodie. So I put my hoodie on and then I put my, pull my buff down just where my big nose was covered. And then my mouth would be sticking out. And I was like, I was like, what is that smell? It's my, it was my breath. It was my <laughs> gross breath. And so when I got back in there, I ran up, ran to my hotel room when I got back and I ran in the room and I looked in the mirror and I wish I had my cell phone because I was 165 pounds and I went into the game at 200. So I lost 35 pounds in a month. And I just was looking at myself like, oh my God. And I took a shower. I brushed my teeth twice, took a shower, was toweling off as fast as I could because I wanted to get back to the party because the party was on at the at the Ponderosa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I had a white towel. I showered, like washed my hair, did everything. And like, seriously, dirt was still coming off on my towel after I was done. So I took another shower, brushed my teeth again, ran back over there. Cody had another Jack Daniels for me. James had something. And we basically stayed up till the sun came up. It was, it was really fun. And we flew out that day. So I think, you know, the fact that I was off the Island and then we left the very next day, they just, maybe I was able to squeak through with my uh, shot in the dark. So it's over there. Yeah, because half of us were, we still got a contention on. Half of us was there because we couldn't leave, and then they figured out we could leave, and they got us a flight back out. So it was kind of disjointed. We're going to talk about the reunion one of these days. Um, yeah. Now, so hold on. Let's go back to tonight. Uh, we 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 get to the challenge. We get to oh, the I just want to give Carolyn a quick shout out for the red sticks. We didn't mention the red sticks, and that was a really good move by Carolyn. Oh, you what know what? Small for all the I just fans, want to that, mention that that was smart. For all the fans that are out there, apply to the show because you just never know. Carolyn reached out to me and her son said, "You're my favorite player on Survivor." She had not applied yet, and she applied, and now she's on the show. And That's I texted so her and I talked back and forth to her, and I was like, "Hey, you're about to they about to air." She she has a good chance of winning if she can navigate through the merge. Um, True. Josh is a great guy. Even though on TV he looked like he's like 6'2", 350, Josh is really small. <laughs> but they're they're great players, man. And it's just mm-hmm. it's just amazing to see them play the game of Survivor. So it's going to be pretty interesting hey, as we go through. I just want to say, last week I asked if there was any merit in taking the bag from the birdcage and never putting it back to cause paranoia. Oh, yeah. We kind of saw a glimpse of that tonight. 
and you all looked at me like I was crazy for suggesting that. And we saw Carolyn or Carolyn messing with the birdcage to increase paranoia and to hide the fake idol. So what I'm hearing is that I should go on Survivor. <laughs> Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Survivor Now podcast. The content is coming up shortly, but first we got to pay some bills. Okay, we are so excited to tell you guys about this great partnership we now have with our good friend Katie over at Katie Tedesco Art. Since 2015, Katie has been running the original Survivor fan shop where she creates Survivor trading cards, Survivor idol keychains, Big Brother keys, and more. We have been huge fans of hers ever since we started ordering our own items. We're huge fans of the Survivor trading cards. I even got my favorite, John Cochran. You can order them in packs, say an entire season, or you can also order your favorite Survivor Castaways cards in individual packs as well. The items come in a timely manner and are handled with care to make sure you, as a customer, are never disappointed. You can check out all of our cool work over at our Etsy site. The link is in our Instagram bio, so just head on over, let her know Survivor Now sent you, and give her a follow. You can find her on Insta at Katie Tedesco Art. That's all one word, and that's Katie Tedesco, T-E-D-E-S-C-O Art. Oh, yeah, you will. should go on Survivor. I'm I'm applying. You're gonna see me hey, one of these. Who else do you think is playing a good game right now? I think, um, you know, I th- I think um, Danny is playing a good game. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, is he going to manage his threat level enough? I don't know. You know, the whole Alligator strategy, which they never got to really see, because that was like after they left for the island. It was like you know that's the whole point, right? You, you strike, and then you you if you stay up top, like Jesse, Jesse was a total savage, right? He was an amazing mm-hmm. player. But once he made a couple of big moves, you're like, okay, if he doesn't win immunity, he's gone. We have to get him out. And will Danny be able to do that? I don't know, because I think he's going to be a challenge threat. He seems like he's a pretty strong voice around camp. Um Will he be able to do that? Maybe because you know I like him. He's he's in a firehouse, so you know he's got good social skills. You know that physically he looks like he's a very impressive player, and strategically he's playing well. So Danny's another one that I'm looking at. Um, I did have Sarah as, as somebody I I had pretty high up, but I think she just got caught flat footed today. Carolyn and and I had Yam Yam stock a little higher today. I think it dropped. Uh, quite a bit, um, you know, but there, there's, we're, we're, you know, Jamie's playing pretty well. Can she control her enthusiasm? There's a lot of, there's some cool players playing hard right now. And we're still so early in the season. Yeah. It's hard to say, but the, some of the people that have, I mean, the person that surprised me probably the most is Carolyn. And I, I got to give mm-hmm. her total credit. I did mention the sticks a little earlier, but I was talking about so many other things, but she, she's playing, She's having fun and she's she's trusting her gut. And man, those are two things that that can be a dangerous combination for success. She's not breaking rule. She's not breaking rule number one. Don't tell everybody about your idol. True. She, 
right? Abraham, that's the person that like going into the season, you're like, oh, like right when she finds the auto, you're like, oh, she's gonna, she's gonna tell everybody it's gonna go backfire. She didn't. She's playing a smart game. And mm-hmm. I think she's she's gonna impress if she can hang on long enough. You watch out for her. <laughs> even even when Josh came to her and said, "Hey, look, I will play my idol for you," she st- she didn't divulge that she had an idol, which I Poker thought was face. great gameplay. It was amazing gameplay because she would have been very tempted to say, "Well, let me," because he just confided in her, and the the feeling of reciprocity is real. Where you're like, "Well, I've got one too," and I was going to, you know, she just absorbed it handled the situation, walked off, thought about it, probably had a conversation after that that we didn't get to see, and then you got tonight's vote. I, which... I think, yeah, Yam Yam dug his own hole. I, and here's yep. the thing about it is, if you're looking at Australian Survivor, everybody, I'm do, watching it. do not go to tribal council and decide that that's where you want to say a big speech when you might be on the chopping block. Because did, did you see Nina last night? Oh uh, yeah, we we interviewed Nina. Um, you know what's funny is, I, I was down with Nina and George, and you would never think that they would play the game at that level, just cutthroatness. Um, and so it's amazing. You're, you're, you talk about threat level. I mean, if I'm the alligator, they are full on crocodiles in that they are they just stay on top and keep crunching. Because I was like, I mean, George is not hiding his. He's the, no. He calls himself the king. And Nina, to be playing you know, her, her speech, I, I believe that that hurt her. Because I think, you know, one of the things Jeff, in the, in the new era of Survivor, I think Jeff gets a little frustrated sometimes because experienced players or fans that are playing will, you know, you don't want to say anything too provocative in the middle of tribal and mess your and show your cards, right? So mm-hmm. be a politician. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When Jeff was asking me a question at my tribal council, one, I was exhausted. Two, yes. I didn't care what he was saying. I just wanted to go back and lay down because it had been a long <laughs> day. But LBJ on AU, he gets it in there. And mm-hmm. they take the they take the bait. And when they take the bait, they be like, well, you know what? I might just have to switch this vote. We've seen it for the last mm-hmm. three times where they switch yeah. the vote. Yeah. Uh, Mimi was the early one early in the season. She yeah. said some stuff doing tribal and that's what we get to. You get the tribal and I like Yam Yam. I, I, I think he, his, his personality, cause I like anybody like Marianne, anybody that truly enjoys the game while they're there. But oh yeah. We, we also see where Yam Yam is feeling the elements and feeling the lack yes. of eating. And this, this yes. season's um, not a lot of food. It all depends on which which an analogy you're on because we only had crabs, and well, you can tell me, Gabriel. Did anybody go fishing? Oh yeah, no, we went fishing a lot, but it was, you know, it's really hard because, you know, Ryan, who you know, Ryan from oh, Ryan was a beast, oh, dude. I, I'm pretty sure I looked behind his ears one night when he's sleeping, and there's gills back there. He's Aquaman. He's like an Aquaman. Um, Ryan is a dear friend. He's a he's a wonderful person. I still keep in close contact with him. Um, Ryan, you know, I, I was I'm a pretty good outdoor guy, and I'm like, you know, I go out and go fishing for an hour or two, and come back with like two fish that are this big. Ryan goes out there, comes back with a clam that's this big and a pocket full of fish, and I'm talking like two pockets full of fish actually. So we we caught we would catch things, but the challenge was. 
it's a lot of effort to to get the fish and at, at some point it's hard to keep up with the ROI of it you know it's like do I sit here do I swim out against the tide well everybody's back at camp by the way and that's that that was one of the things that actually hurt Ryan is he was too far away from the game providing for the tribe and hoping that that was going to be enough. And it kind of made put a target on him as an easier vote out because he was out there and it wasn't necessarily fair, but survivor's not fair. Survivor's a game yeah. of attrition. We all know that. So, I mean, if I was on an Island with a person, it's Ryan because Ryan is, is a nice person. He's a great provider and he's an amazing person, but, uh, but you know, on the game, you're like, well, I've got a, this Alliance and this Alliance. And then there's an, you know, he's kind of in the middle. He wasn't as close because he was out doing a lot of that. And um, I think that may have been something. If he ever plays again, I think he may play that a little bit differently. Now, when we talk, when we saw the challenges last night, which we see, we see the challenges before, uh, the dreaded beam. And, and oh, yeah. it, the beam look like it's like, like so narrow because some people crawl across it. Do we blame Yam Yam for the loss? I did. Yeah, in I, a game, in, in a game of Survivor, you, and you got to point the finger at somebody. I would. Wasn't yeah. it Lauren who missed the key? Lauren wasn't going back when she jumped and missed the key. She had no intents on going backwards. She kept going, and they ended up winning. Now, I think to your point, if that tribe lost, it would have been you know she would have had probably had a target on her. She could have, and you know Lauren's well, from Houston. I love Lauren. Yeah. And, I'm gonna see. You know, I'm gonna see Lauren next week. Here's the thing: they can't vote Lauren out because Lauren got two extra votes. I will say, why were they not allowed to just like jump off the thing and then swim around and have another shot? Because I know before when they ran the challenge, if you missed the key the first time, you would just go back. Like you didn't have to do the whole balance beam because I, I'm a mad. I imagine that just doing it once would knock you out. Right? We saw players like just almost pass out just they get on the platform sure put the key kane down start laying kane, down kane was laying there he was really yeah. winded you could tell. like i can't imagine doing it twice you know the, the way jeff said it it was weird it was it was almost like he said she's choosing to keep going rather than she has to keep going Here, yeah here's, here's behind the scene there is no challenge that they create that is not set to take everything you got it's you, a fact. You, it's, it's, Talk about you that for there. a second because it's true. We did the uh, when we had to carry the sandbags. Jeff wouldn't tell us the weight of the sandbags, nor did we know the weight of the sled that we had to pull. So when you give everything you got, and it don't show me, I'm laid out on our challenge. I am laid out at the top, telling Xander, "Hold on for a second, because I know they're filming. I just need a couple of seconds to breathe because we was I, exhausted. You're so tired." I, I, I mean, I haven't been that tired since I was, I mean, 30 years ago, I was a boxer and that's about as tired as I would, I would be. You were so, cause you know, you don't have the energy reserves that you have now because we had dinner tonight and things like that. So you're, you're, you're super deprived, but they design those challenges to where there's, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so the, the, they design their challenges to where you have to hold your breath. You're doing cardio work where you're having to intermittently hold your breath and then you have to balance, which means you can't be breathing. Uh, uh, you have to be like going across there. And then you're, it's a balance beam in the ocean. 
So Yam Yam, and then you're wet and slippery. So, you know, Yam Yam did his best, and I'm not knocking him at all by saying that I would have pointed a finger. I'm just saying that if I was on that tribe and you or, you know, and somebody goes down like that, and you're kind of like, you know, if people are looking that direction, it can kind of go that way sometimes. And we've seen that season after season. And I think Lauren, when she missed the jump, if their team would have lost and had to go to tribal, now she was protected with extra votes, but still that would have been, you know, she may have put a target on her. The fact that they won, winning takes care of everything. Oh, yeah. Winning yeah. is true. That's what I'm so much of Well, where the for either Abe or Gabler, the last few seasons, it's been after the fifth person that gets voted out that we have the fake almost merge. And then, so how much do you think that's something they're thinking about in terms of tribe strength, knowing that the merge is going to be at most two votes away? Hey, why don't you you tri well, tribe strength versus alliances. With the smaller tribes, there's nowhere to hide. And yeah. that's that's truly yeah. that's truly evident in a smaller tribe because well said. you can decimate the smaller tribe now because it all depends on who you have left. So if you vote out a stronger player that could physically help you through a challenge and the next challenge is physical in the first part, because the, the puzzle part and what you don't see conveyed on TV in a viewer, those puzzle people, puzzle pieces are heavy. They're not oh, just yeah. light puzzle pieces. So everything is set for you to have to work for it. So if you vote out a strong person and now you're competing, they're just going to vote the next two people out of your tribe and you're never going to make it to merge. So yes. it's 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 a dicey thing to try to play. You can't play it scared right now. This is where you play to get to the merge because you have a chance to reinvent yourself with new people once you get to the merge. Um, you're surviving another. So day, that basically right? sounds like you're saying that you want you would keep around at oh, this point playing. in the game. You keep around your alliances rather than challenge your, strength. Your alliance is definitely going to be important, especially if you get to the last three and you're good with the person. Like if yeah. Carol and Yam Yam still had a good relationship, like Josh and Carol had in the preview for next week, Yam Yam mm -hmm. would be my vote out. So yeah. and Josh would be the one I keep. And Carol, if she makes us the merge, she has an idol. So right. she's in a she's in the best position. Those last three are in the best position where they can vote out one person, but they may lose. They might not make a, they may not make another win, and she can vote out Josh because she has immunity. So she's she's gonna make it to the merge. Mm-hmm. She'll decide who goes home. Yeah, she will. Yeah, so it's it's you yeah. gotta you gotta with these smaller tribes, you gotta keep playing. Yeah, you, so you, you know, I remember talk, talking to Owen one night. You know, he was on the wrong side of a vote. I forgot what which one it was, but he was like, um, Big O was really he was such a passionate player. He, he's the ultimate fan. Like he doesn't just know, you know, like you know, Abraham season forty one. He, he's gonna be like, you went to high school where you did this. He knows everything survivor the guy's amazing and he was you know when he when he didn't play as well as he was hoping to have played on that particular night um he was frustrated with his game he was frustrated with the game itself and i remember talking to him I'm like it's part of that was on the show it was like man it's not as bad as you think it is it's not as good as i think it is and if we just survived it tomorrow this whole game could be flipped upside down and sure enough 24 hours later Owen had another immunity necklace around his neck and he was calling the shots. So it's kind of like if you, you just got to hang on because in one more day, it can be completely changed. Oh yeah. And we hear that all the so, time. Sorry, Josh, go ahead. 
Oh, so I was just, I'm just trying to, so Gabe, because I don't think either you or Abraham has quite answered my question, which is totally fine, but I'm going to ask it again anyways. So day 11, you guys didn't go to tribal in your season. Coco went to tribal. Uh, it was the last tribal before the, the fake merge where Ellie got voted out. Yeah. If you had gone to tribal on day 11, at that point in the game, what would have been more important to you? Keeping your tribe strong or thinking, okay, the merge is going to be next. Therefore, my alliance is more important than keeping it. Like, which of those two things was the more important part at this point of the game? 100% the latter. Um, it would have been keeping my alliances strong. And at that point, so on that one episode where um, the, 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 the pre-merge, whenever we did the feast and I threw out it and I meant to throw out Ellie's name by throwing out Ellie's name, basically, you know, I'd been waiting about 10 days to do that because Ellie and I kind of broke trust early. I actually had my, this is something nobody knows this, but in my bag, I had my clothes organized and I had a tube sock. I had two pairs of socks. One were on me and one was in my bag. And in the, in the top of my bag was the shot in the dark. And later at the bottom of the bag was my immunity idol which was down in there. And it was in the clamshell organized the way I had it. I had it laying in my bag. When I got back from fishing, they were on top of each other and it was in a big ball. And I looked over, I looked over at Owen and Sammy who were sitting there and they both looked at the captain ate the canary. And I'm like, who was in my bag? Who was it? Tell me right now. And they were looking at each other. Neither one wanted to say anything. And they kind of walked away. I'm like, was well, it you? If it's, is it you guys? Is it them? I got to know. And then Owen went went away. Somehow they got separated. And that's when and Sammy came up to me and told me, hey, the ladies went through your bag. And I'm like, okay. And then fast forward a little bit more to where, you know, I, I pulled the pin at the merge feast and, you know, threw out Ellie's name. When Ellie confronted me about that, she was like, well, who told you that? It was Sammy that told me. But if on the show, you can see me say, I go, Sammy and Owen said it was you. And that lumped because Sammy was or Owen was in the middle at that point of the alliance. He was going back and forth. Where is he going to be with with Janine and, and Ellie, or is he going to be with me and Sammy? And it almost forced him in with with us because Ellie then wasn't sure if she could trust him. And then we we were like, hey, we're here. It's us. We're good. <laughs> so it was almost like you're looking at things, but you got to protect your alliance. At this point, in the game as deep as they are, all about the alliance. So there was a time when my name was still being mentioned on the merge feast. Uh, if you go back and look at the episode, Danny looked at Yasa's tribe and said, we don't really trust y'all because y'all got rid of Abraham and all the men except for one. So you you want to mm -hmm. be, a, you want you think you're going to be an alliance until you get to the merge. And then all the cracks in your, in your tribe becomes totally. evidence. Yeah. And L little cracks, little cracks become because you know you don't know if you're going to win or lose so before the competition you're politicking because you're not sure if you know it, i mean baka went on a like a five game winning streak right and but we were prepared five times to just if we had to go to tribal council and there were only five of us so it was you know ellie and janine me and sammy and, and owens in the middle and we're kind of like but we, we didn't have to go. 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 And then we did the merge. So I'd been waiting on kind of throwing that out there. And I think I had to be do a preemptive strike because Ellie was a hell of a player. She was a 
powerhouse. People like her. She's a cool person. And, you know, if I didn't get her out, I'm serious. If I didn't get her out right then, I'll bet you it would have been the other way around because well, she, she, she had charisma. Let's officially bring Randy Bruce in that Bogart with his own login so he could get on this particular podcast. Because Gabler, Randy Bruce is the What's up, Randy? What is up, Gabler? What have I missed, gentlemen? I just got <laughs> back from a two-hour drive, and it looks like you guys are. Are we? Are we still recording now? Or are we? Yes, are? yes we are. <laughs> We've been talking about the Bachelor the whole time. Uh, we just <laughs> Gabler's been giving me audition advice, so we're about to start that. No, actually, Gabler, I want you to show Randy Bruce your shot in the dark because in this podcast we. Uh, not the biggest fans of the shot in the dark wow and so when you pull that out i really wish that you were there to see it at first because i feel like you had a funny quip about it yeah that is incredible you still you still holding on to that and everything yeah it's right you know because i was i left the island you know at midnight on saturday we left fiji the next day at six o'clock p.m it was so quick it was just in my pocket running around and you know the shot in the dark I personally like it. I think it helps the game. I know people are have not – it's pretty split, almost 50-50. But I like it because it gives a little bit of, of moxie to a player that may be disadvantaged at the time. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you even look at, at early in my season, you know, I came back – it was very early in the season, right? So trust is the currency of Survivor, and I was like – Okay, I went on this journey. Do I come back and try to BS my way, which never works? Because to Abraham's point, you're so malnourished, your brain is not. You got like half your brain, and when you're me, that's like a quarter of a brain. So I'm like, man, I had to really be focused, and I'm like, I'm just going to tell the truth. So I came back and I was like, look, this is. I go, I'm gonna. This is the note. It says I have to, you know, walk over by myself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it, and I'm gonna come right back to you guys, and. Obviously, that really did build a lot of trust and goodwill with my tribe. And then, you know, a a day later, we lost the immunity challenge. We fought hard. It was so tough because we're all huge fans, Randy, and we all really cared about each other. And then this ugly thing called the the final tribal or tribal council pops up every once in a while, like a like a tiger (laughs) in the jungle that's going to eat one of your own. You have to throw somebody to the tiger. And it's like. It was so so just it was very unsatisfying. We were all emotional. You know, you saw the the pictures. That picture, let's see, there it is. Remember that one? Oh, uh, great picture. Yes, great photo. <laughs> that one. It was it was awesome. It was it was, it was full of emotion. We just lost. And I remember I was looking at Mariah, and they didn't really show this as well. Mariah, the vote came on Mariah because early in the season, early, which is like two days, right? The the, the day and a half before we were there. Um, we all kind of made loose alliances with each other. And I remember I was talking to Mariah and so were others. And it was like, Hey, you know, if, uh, Abraham, you know, if you, you know, I'd like to work with you in this game. And, you know, if you hear your name, if I hear your name, I'll let you know. And, and Mariah being the rainbow queen that she is was like, no, 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 all, po- we're all thinking positive thoughts. We're not going to talk about this because we're going to win. And I think that was the, that was actually what, her downfall because because it wasn't the voting out the weakest. She was mm-hmm. good. She got across the balance beam. She had, I mean, mm-hmm. she was a warrior. So I mean, m- much love to Mariah and you know, but that's one of the things where it just wasn't 
she was not the weak link on challenges. It was just that she, we had teeny tiny alliances forming because we had to go to tribal and she was late to come to that realization until tribal itself. That now the shot in the dark for you, your experience is so much different. Picture Jeff trying to explain to us what a shot in the dark is. And it's right. like, what, what, what is, cause you know, we've never seen it in other episodes. So right. for I have season, a season to think about it. Yeah. Season 41 had a lot of, gimmicky things they were trying to work the kinks out of and we were like it, it we, did but you know, i learned from you guys i did yeah, it was a, it was a guinea pig so we was like we didn't know what the one person played the shot in the dark sydney played the shot in the dark but it was just like it didn't have an impact on us like season 43 or it, season 44 for sure so so with mine what so after we lost and we had to vote out you know, we were, we were going to go to, to tribal council. We were all pretty devastated. This, I got off on a tangent. I'm sorry. But I was like, you know, everybody knows I have an idol. I really want to keep it. Mm -hmm. I think I, I, I've i got enough relationships going, even though we're only on day two, that I'm not going to get the vote against me. So that's, mm. I'm thinking here. This is what's going on in my head. And then I was like, I'm going to tell everybody that I'm not going to hide behind my idol because, again, I don't think that that's a fair thing to do because I was part of that loss. But I'm going to throw the shot in the dark out there. And by me bluffing with the shot in the dark, it, I mean, just picture us. There's five of us right here. If Josh says he's not, if he's going to play the shot in the dark and me, Will and Abraham are, are all looking like we're going to vote for him. Well, maybe we're not going to vote for him now. Cause what if he gets the shot in the dark? So now we target Randy or we turn on each other. So it actually made me an unappealing target even though I kind of put my head out there and said, you can take a swipe at me, but just watch out because this, this puffer fish might have a few spines and you may hit it. And they, you know, and I did have relationships. The vote didn't come down on me anyways. If I, but I was, the fact that I was able to, to leverage and wager the shot in the dark, it makes you an unappealing target because as a predator, just say, Randy, you're a predator and you're, you're predating on me. All of a sudden you see that I've got this weird mark that has my, you know, a stingray spear or something on the back. Mm -hmm. You're like, I'd rather go after Abraham, man. He's just looks ready to go. There's no spear. There. It's all good. So it's kind I'll of like, will. makes you, you think a little differently. <laughs> no. I'm again, I'll vote out. If, will, if me and Will are ever on the island together, we're going to vote out Randy. We already did that. Josh, we're going <laughs> to keep around to the merge. We've already discussed yeah. our, our game plan. I just like the fact, the one thing I will say is we didn't care for the shot in the dark, but I do like the evolution of the way the shot in the dark is coming to be utilized, but no, it was trash. <laughs> and I, you know, and one other thing that we did in 43, and we did learn from you guys, Abraham. We absolutely did. Because we had a whole couple months, well, a, basically a year to think about yeah. it. And it really helped us out because uh, you could think about it. And another way that it was used on our season that wasn't in the edit was me and Sammy had a very close relationship from day one. And we had a pact where if we heard each other's name, we were going to let each other know. And we did a little solemn pact on it. And, you know, he kind of was, he had made a couple of uh, decisions that that didn't work out for him. And as we were moving through with James, the vote and a couple other things. So Sammy found himself on the outs. I thought I had the power and the numbers to protect him. But then at the last minute, everybody started talking about how, you know, Sammy's such a good fire maker and we're at like eight now and nobody really wanted to be to compete against Sammy for fire. 
number one. And then number two, he had kind of he just he he drew the the attention, the ire of the tribe. <laughs> so I heard it about two minutes before going onto the boat. Uh, they'll kind of do a timeout for everybody. We're not allowed to talk. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you're coming back. And I get the word from a couple different sources, Jesse and and a couple other folks. Just kind of gave me the and Carla gave me the heads up that that's where the, everybody's going. And they're like, "Look, we just talked. I think I was at a confessional. That's what it was. I was at a confessional. I come walking back. They had been talking for like an hour, and I they're like, we changed our mind. It's now going to be Sammy.' And I'm like, "Are you sure?" And they're like, I'm sure. So then we ended up. So then me and Co- me, me and me and me and Sammy had a code word. And if we ever said coyote to each other, it meant play your shot in the dark. You're out. The boats are going on you. So right. Literally they were like, okay, time out. And I'm walking by Sammy and I'm like, good luck tonight, coyote. And I just walk on by. Wow. He goes like this and he can't talk to me. And at tribal council, he's like nudging me a couple of times. And I literally, normally I'm a guy where, you know, like, Randy, you, you want to visit? You're like, you tap me and I'm like, you know, you, you, what do you need or whatever? And I was like, literally, he's like tapping me and I'm just will not look at him because I didn't want mis- to misinterpret anything. I said the code word and he played his shot in the dark. And had he done that and had it hit, that could have been some cool stuff too because I had a couple things in the works. <laughs> oh, dude, uh, oh that, so here's, here's the thing that I think I'm far enough away from the show in contractual requirements than you are, Gable, so I'll say it. Um, the the interviews and stuff don't come at a time where they're convenient to you and your tribe. Oh no. Oh yeah. Yeah. They don't they when they pull you to do your actual interviews and stuff, is hey, we gotta go. And you got to go. And you go to a different location and how long it ever take. If you come back five minutes, you go to you go to you get ready to go to tribal, you basically are on lockdown. You don't talk again until you sit down and you with Jeff. And then you yeah. then you can and then you're not talking to each other unless somebody just start a conversation. But it's some time in there where they can mess your whole game up if they call you at the wrong time. It can be bad luck. I mean, I mean, Josh, you and Will could be having a really important conversation with Randy, and all of a sudden, Randy is like, "It's time to time to go on a walk." That's the way they would call it. Walk you walk about. So then you go, and then me and Abraham have time to talk to Josh and Will. And you're oh, out of the my. For I didn't even hours. think about that possibly being like, that is like super inconvenient. No, yeah, Randy, you can have everything locked down, <laughs> ready to go, looking good. And all of a sudden you get pulled out of it. And then Abraham's like, hmm. and then you come so, back. There's, there's another funny thing. Hey, and Gabriel. you know that your conversation is not going to get interrupted by that person because they're yeah. gone. Now you got They're it. out. Yes. Hey, Gabler, how many tries did it take to say your promo for your news station? How many how many takes did it take? For my for my oh my my <laughs> <laughs> that's just so so they, we had to do, do we didn't have to do as many takes. They had us on podcasts. We were on like guest visits on I, I want to say about 82 channels. Oh, so we had to do they said somebody they literally had to write their script down because they kept messing it up. Um because <laughs> mine was uh look at Survivor on Ken's five this season and something. And you just you just kind of messed it up a few times, and I was like, "Well, how long does it usually take?" He's like, "Some people we have to write it down for." <laughs> so <laughs> oh, that's you fair. know what you know what maybe you guys I own forty one again because I think you guys may have broken them because they stopped doing it. We didn't have to do that. <laughs> we was messing that up. I think you broke them. Fake it now. 
Gabler, I do have a question and Abe about the confessionals. Are you able to like tell the producers like, hey, I want to do my confessional, or is it just a strict schedule you like they just pull you? <laughs> because like, could you just be like, hey, I'm I want to have a conversation. Can I just do it now? Get it out of the way, please. And or well, you guys, just... dude, no. And it, is it, it structured? When they call you, it's it's gone. It's gone time. <laughs> is it, and is it like structured too to where like let's say we're all in a season, like will a producer just do Abraham and then after Abraham they wait for like you know a little bit and they call me and then Josh and then Gabe or is it more spread out to where they just pull Josh and then nothing happens for a bit and well, then they randomly it, pull people. Expand it out now. You're looking at it from the person standpoint. Look at production. Look at lighting. Look mm-hmm, at availability. True. All that stuff factors in, and yeah. you also got to get six people through a 30-minute conversation in a place where it looks great when they're filming it, because the film crew is right there with you. You got to get these questions. You are never comfortable, or I was never comfortable in confession when I was sitting down. No, I don't know. No. If my side was hurting because I was sitting in sand. I was in, but you're, you're Bugs, part of the show. Yeah. 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 You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not. It's for you, but it doesn't feel good to you when it's going through. When it airs on TV, you're like, yeah, I was I was cool back then. It's no, true. My, my it, rib cage was killing me. Yeah, it, it is true. Yeah, you see the most uncomfortable rock there ever was or something like that, uh, or there's a root and you know, your leg's going to sleep. But, you know, they would call you out. They called everybody out. I mean, I think people that were having like big moments, they called out more frequently during times because they wanted to get more confessionals. But everybody went through the rotation and they would set up to Abraham's point, you know, a couple hundred yards down the beach. And no one was permitted to go down that area so that you could speak freely to the camera. And during that time, they would just, you know, ask you questions about the game, where you're going, all those things. And I think the producers were fantastic because there was there was about five or six of them that rotated through maybe six or seven of them, but they rotated through 24 hours a day, right? 24 hours a day. And they all brought something special to the party that brought something special out of you. I mean, there was, um, there was a guy named Joe who was fantastic. Um, you know, there were, there was, I mean, they were all great. They were all really great. And, you know, Hudson, like, oh, different people. You, you know, Hudson? Yeah. He, like, Hudson. Right, so talk about that for a second. Like how they bring each one of them says something different and pulls it out. Hudson didn't know it. Hudson almost made me cry on the beach. He just never, he just, he just stopped the question that would have been, that would have took me there. Um, and also I was about to heat stroke out because I was sitting in the sun. But <laughs> Gabriel, you're right. They, they're good at what they do. And they're man, good. And Clark, they, all of them. Yeah. They ask you questions and they're there. And it's a, it's it's almost like it's an intimate environment where you're only there sharing in the special experience and you want to tell them everything about yourself <clears throat> in these confessionals. Because we do the confessionals all the time. We do them before we start, we do them after we in the game. Yeah. It, it's it's a great experience. Um, but it's 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 interesting. Lots of great behind the scenes takes there. Like this is what we love to hear as people who want to go on the show. We yes. want to hear these behind behind the scenes aspects of the game because it's something that we wouldn't think about. We wouldn't think about every single day, you know, having this very important conversation and getting pulled out of nowhere. I know I would be pissed about it <laughs> if I got called. I'd be like, yo, can you give me like five more minutes? But being someone in the entertainment industry, no, you are on their time. When they need to get it done, they're going to get it done. I don't know if you guys brought it up in this episode. Um, 
this is going to be a huge talking point, and they're going to cover it on Survivor Social as well, more than likely tomorrow night. I can go ahead and now and announce they have a huge guest for Survivor Social tomorrow night. It is Omar. I, Omar. I always say it's Omar. Omar, yeah, I always say it weird, but it's Omar from season 42, I believe, if I got that correctly. So he's going to be season joining three. them uh, tomorrow night. But long story short, what I want to bring up for you guys is Sarah went home tonight, and you guys might have <laughs> talked about that a little bit. She is now the fourth straight woman to get eliminated in the game of Survivor. There is a lot for of the, talk. For yeah. the second season in a row. Thank you for adding that because last season I believe it was five straight women. So this is a big talking point where a lot of people are discussing what needs to change. Do the tribes need to go back to two tribes? Do the challenges need to get a little bit more inventive, less physical, but maybe more puzzles, more unique? So I'm definitely interested to hear from Abraham and Gabler here because they competed on 41 and 43 in this new era where women have been getting voted off a lot more frequently frequently excuse me but i'll start with josh here josh what's your take on this whole um women getting voted out frequent situation i think the first four two seasons in a row is enough to be a little bit like okay there's something a little off here and i think 41 was mostly guy heavy in the early boots but this is now two seasons in a row and i'm pretty sure it happened in 42 where it's more women early than men um and i don't know like i don't think the sarah vote necessarily was because of that but i think the ones before it were more leaning towards because of the they weren't as physically strong in challenges and i think it goes back to and randy before you came on gabler and abraham were saying how these challenges are designed to like literally push you mm. to the edge and when you have challenges that are designed to do that in these very small tribes naturally men are going to be a little bigger a little stronger more physically fit it's going to lend yourself to okay if we need to push giant blocks across a sandy beach, who's going to be able to do that better for us? I think the solution is to go back to two tribes. I think if you have two tribes of 10 and then, you know, your challenges can be a little more diverse where if you only need three people to do the heavy lifting, then you're, you know, you can find ways and challenges to incorporate the less strong people in ways that aren't making them clear targets. Um, but I think it's clearly an issue and I don't think they can ignore it at this point. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's one thing if it happens one season, you know, four in a row luck, you know, it's 40 seasons. There's bound to be something, but when it happens twice in a row, and then there's also big numbers from 42, you know, you got to think about what's going on. And Josh, I think having two tribes does or would help it. Right. Because I feel like with two tribes, it gives just everyone more room to just hide right right because i feel like with with that it's less so who is the weakest physically and more of who is the weakest socially right um and i think that would help um because that, that's something i know abraham says all the time is that there's nowhere to hide in a three tribe format because you lose twice and you're down to four people right and so i think just two tribes more diverse challenge or not more diverse challenges but just like Maybe instead of having every challenge be, you know, uh, obstacle course into a puzzle, maybe just make it like a longer obstacle course, but make the other challenge a harder puzzle, right? I think instead of trying to make it all balanced, 
it it causes imbalance you know as even though that's um uh oxymoronic i mean I, 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 I get what you're saying but two times isn't exactly a huge pattern and you know like brandon true. and maddie when that went down i mean you got to take your hats off to brandon because yeah, i don't true they were going for him and he sniffed it out and he got the idol i mean that was an Brandon's the guy we haven't talked much about tonight, but that's another guy who is very much on the radar for, for me. But, um, but like that was supposed to be on him and he kind of bamboozled that at the last minute. And then you see also like tonight, Josh. that was, that was just, yeah, it was Josh yeah, made that move with Carolyn. Carolyn actually was the orchestrator of that move. And you can't knock her for voting out a lady. I mean, I think there are all the competitors out there. Like this season, half of the ladies voted out seem to be for reasons. Like when Brandon surprised Maddie or tonight where Josh was able to kind of outmaneuver Sarah. Or Claire those Sinead were. I mean, don't, I mean, I think we I think we need to probably look into each instance. If it's not, it's not always can you move the big block. It's, you know, who is this? I mean, Helen, if you look at Helen. Helen was really good and almost like Michaela X many seasons ago mm-hmm. who remember one day on the beach, Michaela was like this. She was like showing five dimensional chest on the sand with a stick showing yeah. like five moves down the line. And they looked at each other and they're like, "Uh Oh, trouble. That was Helen gave me a little mm-hmm. bit of a Michaela vibe there where she probably overly impressed her tribe and by accident put a mark on her. And that was it because I thought Helen's, edit was strong and smart but she just maybe overshowed that that threat level and got her punched out but so i i mean i'm certain i've I've got two daughters i'm all about you know being fair and things like that but i just i think survivor is anybody can win anybody can get through the, the you know some of the obstacles i mean carla won three immunity necklaces cast three immunity necklaces that's insane uh, Owen mm-hmm. got three also, and I got one, but that's like, you know, it's a pretty good distribution of how they are trying to make the challenges pretty fair sure. and they, they measure you. So I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not ready after a couple of seasons, maybe we'll have to see more and I'd like to look more into it. That's my opinion. No, I mean, I, uh, uh, there was a couple, there was a couple stats I saw about it, it was like 63% women were getting voted out early. And that was something that had propagated throughout survivor. So it, it did seem like there was enough statistical analysis and Gabler to your point, just from, and I, you know, I think we do sort of need to acknowledge the ironicness of five men talking about this subject. <laughs> uh, too. When, when you look at the, the what some of the female survivor players on, have been saying on Twitter, to your point, Gabler, when Michaela does make a great strategic move or when Helen makes a great strategic move, I do think there can sometimes be a bias of like, if a guy comes up with that move, they're not seen as dangerous, but any woman who comes up with that point is automatically, oh my goodness, they're this huge strategic player. Good point. That might not be fair. So there could be all these different little biases that play into it that we don't even realize because we're guys. Yeah, but you're taking, you're you're taking players. Everybody goes in with some knowledge of survivor coming in. Nobody goes in Survivor thinking I'm going to vote off a woman or I'm going to vote off a man. Yeah, You have to get there and establish the threat first. Once you get there and establish the threat, then you're then I think you're right, Josh. Some of your personal biases might creep in. Well, like they're good at puzzles mm. and we're we going to have to vote them out. 
And his thing about it is they may have won that puzzle for you, but they become a threat because they won the puzzle. Yeah. Brandon, now this conversation will be a slanted a little differently if Brandon had a gotten voted out, but he came to play the game of Survivor, played his uh idol, and now we see all the other players that are women, but not to justify how they got voted out, but there was a way in the game of Survivor where voting them out was according to the game. Now well, that I was gonna agree with that. Not to cut you off there is I thought Gabler and I don't know if anyone heard Will, but made a great point as well. That is the I see why people are frustrated. You watch the game. You see people who are like you, obviously, like Tegwith, who's on the show. She was very upset when Claire got voted off and that was the third straight woman to get voted off. I get it. You want to watch people play who are just like you. And if you're watching these women go out there and get voted off one by one, then it starts to creep in your mind. What's the point in going on the show if I'm just going to get out of limp? immediately so i totally get the frustration my only argument is exactly what gabler said and josh you made a wonderful point of like this goes beyond just getting voted out it goes into how they are perceived based off what they are doing in the game and how men mm -hmm. wouldn't be perceived in that exact same way in terms of just the early vote outs i do agree with what gabler and will alluded to here with this season in particular Brandon would have been the first person voted out if he did not play his idol. Mm -hmm. Claire became a target because she sat out three straight immunity challenges and just wasn't even participating in them. And then obviously this latest episode with Sarah, who knows how that would have went down if Josh didn't play his idol. So it probably would have been yep. a two, two draw. Would have been a tie. So would have been a tie vote. I would vote, say vote. it's, before you go to your next point, Josh, I would just say in terms of if you were sitting out there and you're like, losing hope and there's something hugely wrong let's just hope it gets better let's yeah. give them at least another season because see last season there wasn't these big idol plays it was literally just female 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 geo female female uh yeah. which so that was like okay what's going on and it was very tribe strength heavy but hopefully, I know you guys might have talked about it already. Hopefully, with them introducing some type of swap here, I know it's not what we're accustomed to, but it was some type of swap. Maybe that starts getting in people's minds that, you know, maybe tribe strength isn't the most important thing because that's what kept leading to this is like, we're never going to swap. We haven't seen a swap in forever. So the most important thing is getting myself to the merge. How do we get to the merge? We win challenges. And well, it just very unfortunately, you're going to look at it. Let's keep the tribe strong. And nine times out of 10, a female on the tribe is going to be perceived as the weakest player. Well, remember now, Sarah on, went home on. and maybe not Jam Jam. It's your ass because they, they, they voted me out. And I usually don't, I never want to talk about 41 in my vote out, but I got voted out because I was a strong player. True. And I was like, that, that didn't make any sense because Xander would have been my, my thing as a strong player. But here's one thing I will tell everybody that out there that comes out there and play. There's a moment in this whole game that you share something so special with the individuals that are there with you. Very true. That everybody's going to get voted out of Survivor in some some form or fashion. You're going to get voted I mean, out of the game. But that experience, well, I'm voting you out first. That, ex, that, experience, that experience that you share with that tribe, Yasa or whatever your tribe is when you go out there, is invaluable. You it's may incredible. only get it. You may only get to go out there one time, and this could go either way. It's gonna always be somebody in the social media realm 
that's going to composite stats and say they lean this way or that way. But let's look at it individually. You know, we would have voted out Lauren tonight just because she performed poorly in the challenge. And if you play it in slow motion, there's really no way for Lauren to jump further enough out and high enough to grab that ball. There's no way to do it. So she said, hey, I'm going to swim ahead. But that's a reason to vote her out. And there's little things that get you voted out of Survivor. You're looking for the smallest thing to keep you from being voted out. And you're you're talking about Lauren right there. Yeah. She, 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 she set them back in the beginning, volunteered, I guess, to do the puzzle at the end. Mm -hmm. And luckily, I mean, her stock went down, right? When she missed that, but her stock went Mm -hmm. way up when she took the puzzle and Mm -hmm. then to the top when they won. So it's kind of like, I think, I mean, she was very, I'm so glad it worked out for her because I'm a fan of hers. But I'm, I was really hoping that, that she would get a good finish to that. And like play, they always mm-hmm. say on Survivor, never quit, right? Never you just quit. don't quit on Survivor. And she she had a very difficult beginning to that and, and kind of dug the tribe a hole. But she dug the tribe out. And I think that's what was really cool about her performance tonight. And let's, and let's, let's don't forget think, about that. I think it just – Let's not forget about the twist tonight. It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have been – they gave them all immunity. They gave them a chance – to survive in that tribe swap, which yeah. would have automatically put a woman out. That scenario, because mm-hmm. it was two women and one man, automatically we knew that there's a possibility out of that three group of three that a woman was going home tonight. And it had nothing to do with the fact that she was a woman because they did a random pick. They picked yeah. the people that were going. I will say, yeah. I think people like to talk about the players and who they vote for. But I think not enough blame for this also goes on production and editors, right? Uh, I'm looking at this graph. Uh, I'll send it in in our chat later. But it shows the visibility of all the Survivor winners, right, until 41. And it shows that the bottom half of winners who were under-edited were all female. And then the top half were all male, right? And... It's one thing when we look at seasons and we see, oh, you know, the first four you know, people were voted out were women. And, you know, because that can be chalked up to like circumstance, right? Like this season, you know, we had a player who got idled out with one vote, someone who got, you know, twist screwed. But like when we see this, it, it makes it hard to like just say, oh, nothing's going on. Um, but that again, that's not something to where it's, it's not like we're placing blame on individuals in the game, right? Because everything happens in circumstance. But I think that's, I mean, that's something that, you know, y'all should talk about in the survival, survivor social, um, because it's a very interesting and it, you know, it kind of shows how visible winners are. So before we wrap up here, first off, no, I, I, cut, say, I, I, I cut Josh off. Josh has, I'm sorry, Josh, Josh has, oh, no, no, all I was going to say, like, I just was also going to wrap up this discussion. <laughs> I think it's one of those things that like, it's just sort of worth being aware of. And, Always. you yeah. know, um, just sort of staying on, like, you know, I just am listening to all the women who have played Survivor who are now really upset about this. And so I just, you know, I, I, I think we shouldn't dismiss it. And I think it's easy enough to explain away a lot of these individual decisions. But ultimately, the percentage of women that get voted off early is the percentage. So, you know, it's like there's there's some reason for it whether that's because of the game itself or the implicit biases that people come into the game with. Um, 
And it's just good to be aware of some of those biases. And I just think that's yeah, I don't, good to and do. I, I agree with Josh 100%, but there is, there is going to be a gap between the 40s, 41 and, and going because we were, we're truly a different game. And as you go back in Survivor, you also go back in some of our cultural norms. You know, sure. this era Survivor has whole, like our season had a the most diverse group of people put in one place to play a social experiment. And everybody might have not been ready for that. I mean, we got some people mm -hmm. that I've never met until I met them on Survivor, their stories, how they were raised. Yeah, so right. there's a lot of nuances that go that you bring to the game of Survivor. I don't, I don't want to discredit the fact that there is a, there's a, a women heavy vote out. No, I'm not saying that. What I am saying at is this is moving towards being very different and it's a game. It's a reality show mm -hmm. and people are going to get voted out. Unfortunately. To, to wrap this all up, I will say, we are aware that we are five men <laughs> talking here about something. I'm not a that's, man. I'm still a boy. <laughs> so if that if that's if this isn't connecting to you and you're like, ah, you get they just sucks. don't understand. That's why we started Survivor Social. I'll bring that mm -hmm. up just one more time. We brought it up to give you guys a different uh, perspective on things. And it's if you want to go check it out last week on the show, they definitely talked about it. Tag with, you know, being from someone from that female perspective, if you'd rather hear that uh, <laughs> from her than from five guys, definitely go check it out. It was a great I show. Love five guys. <laughs> yeah. Also, I was going to say, great. try our burgers. They're really good. Yeah. Incredible. This is a whole <laughs> tribe we got here. I mean, this is a whole tribe dynamic before we go ahead and wrap this up and, and thank Gabler properly for coming on and spending the night well, with thank us. You here. Guys. Uh, I will, I will say, We've got some exciting stuff lined up. I feel like I just came on to just do like the promotional stuff. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Great job, guy. Um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So again, tomorrow night we'll have Omar for Survivor Social. He will be joining David and Tegwith. We've got some great guests lined up. Sammy is going to be on the show. I know Gabler brought up, brought up Sammy. He's going to be on in a few weeks. Uh, we are yeah. in talks with James right now, Philadelphia James from that season as well to get him on. Abraham has been speaking with Marianne. I just spoke with the queen Sandra tonight. We're going to try to get a show scheduled with her as well. So lots of exciting things coming up. I can't promise anything other than the Sammy one, I believe is locked up. And then Omar tomorrow night uh, in terms of Australian survivor, we will be doing our exit interviews with at least the winner. I got the email we will be oh, at cool. least interviewing the winner of Survivor Australia. So make sure to hit that notification bell below so you know when that goes up on the channel. We will also do our last finale breakdown next week. A few more things with that. You can check out our week eight breakdown that's available now on YouTube. And on Friday, we're going to start a new tradition for Survivor now. We're going to bring back a Survivor tradition that they decided to get rid of. We are going to do the rites of passage. We're going to do it for oh. Survivor Australia, um, Heroes versus Villains, where we're going to go through and pay respect to all 20 people who have been voted out of the game. And then we will do it again at the end of Survivor 44. We will go back through before the finale and pay our respects to those who played the game and look back at their season. So lots of exciting things. So don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Survivor Now Podcast or on Twitter at Survivor Now Pod. If you're listening on Spotify, follow the podcast. Make sure to leave us a rating. We really do appreciate it. And then if you're view viewing this on YouTube, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. <gasps> 
I think I did that in like two minutes. So <laughs> good it. job. Uh, Gabler, I am so, so happy that I made it home in time to say hello to you and Black to meet Black. you. It was, it was a, um, it was a hard decision for me to go to this viewing party or get the opportunity to speak with you. So I was very excited. It's great. It was great to be here. A uh, huge fan of the show and of, of obviously survivor and Abraham, awesome meeting you. <laughs> hey, look, right? it's gonna be your guy. I mean, hey, bro, you have so fun, an, you know? if you have an open invitation, if you ever want to come on, hit us up. You have our information. Hit us up and say, I gotta talk about something, and we would always love to have you back on, man. Hey, Gabriel. You bet. I, I appreciate it. Thanks, Josh, Will, hey, everybody. I appreciate you guys. Gabriel, hey, I Gabe. do have thank oh, you. Eric, hold on, let me let me hold on. So, Gabriel, I, I would like to give a shout out to Will and Randy. Um Randy is how I actually got into podcasting. Uh, that young man wow. right there, he puts the work in. He's the reason why I get an opportunity to talk to the survivors in Australia. We did the South Africa. And you can hear when he comes wow. on and he's giving information and he's talking. He, you know, I'm like that lazy guy. I come to work. <laughs> come to work. I don't want to, I don't want to set up no meetings, but I'll be in the meeting. Um, Will is a young man. Uh, Will is still in high school, his last year. And good for you, man. He comes in, he's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the game of Survivor. And he yeah, he, 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 cry. he gets to meet the people that play Survivor. You're a winner of the game of Survivor, and Will is here with us. Now, I'll, I can't leave hey, out man. Josh. I can't leave out Josh. <laughs> Meeting Josh, I mean, Josh is a great guy. He comes onto the show Absolutely. and adds a whole new depth to the show and pushes the show, so. to, push the show to be better. You know, uh, his background, his skill sets. You know, he got to see his nice mic over there with the little filter on it and everything. We don't have <laughs> this was I like mean, $30. This was like really cheap. <laughs> well, this thank, is surprisingly cheap. Thank you so but much, Abraham. You. And you know, we appreciate you as well, man. Will, cry. I know you had one more question to ask. So go ahead and wrap <laughs> us up. But after you ask Gabler your question, you got to tell everyone to have a good night. So, Gabler. I'm starting my own tradition on the Survivor Now podcast. When Whenever we get a special guest, I'm going to ask them a very simple question. Assuming Abraham never played Survivor and you just met him today, out of the four of us, who do you think would do the best if we all were on Survivor? Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, interesting. Okay. Randy's very smooth. And likable, okay. <laughs> Will, you're a scrapper, uh, probably good in challenges. And then we got Josh. You know, Josh is like Owen. I, I, I could, you know, Owen just calmed me down, centered me a lot. I could see that okay. too. So, all three of you have some pretty good social games coming in here, and uh, you know, <laughs> I'm watching. I don't know who's going to pull it out. I want a name. Uh, that no, that that's fair right there. But Gabler, would you ever play again? I I did want to throw that out there. That's usually how we wrap up these shows when we talk to someone. Would we see you out there and playing again, or have you proved all you wanted to prove? You know, it was an amazing experience. Life is short. Life is now. You got to live it. And uh, you know, oh. if they called me up again, if they called Abraham, I bet you'd see me and him on the beach together. <laughs> I can see that alliance. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. Thanks again to Gabler for coming on and chatting with us tonight. I know I was only here for a short time, but I was definitely here for a great time. And we will see you guys next week.